Hope FM, faith-filled radio. Eradicating homelessness has got to be a great vision. And it's certainly a vision that, that, that Pastor Pete Cunningham has taken very seriously. That would be true, truly said off you, Peter, wouldn't it? Yes, it would, Blair. I'm really keen. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning to you. Good morning. So tell us, where did the journey begin? I mean, I know that you've, you've pastored many churches and, and so on, but how did the whole faith journey begin for you? Where did it all start? Oh, that's a, a long story. Let me be very brief with it. But my father was um, taken into custody and was tried at the Old Bailey for embezzlement. And while he was in the cells below, a man came and talked to him about Christ. And he came to Christ in the cells below Old Bailey. And it became a radical change in our house. And uh, my mother became a Christian. My father, my brother, and my sister... But because of the way my father had brought me up, I was a bit of a rogue, and I I hated it. I thought they'd all gone crazy, and uh, Christianity was just not for me. And uh, How old were you was, then, Pete? I, I was uh, 11 then, and uh, uh, until the age of 21, I just uh, lived a life of Riley. I left home at 15, and uh, I ended up getting a job in stockbroking, uh, working on the floor of the house, I was uh, earning quite a lot of money. I had a lot of suits. I used to go out with a number of women, and uh, I used to get drunk regularly. And uh, I just thought my family were crazy. But my brother was very, very, very persistent in talking to about Jesus. Hmm. And I used to get very angry with him and uh, break things that belonged to him because he would talk to me about Jesus. But uh, in November 1963, I went to the Goldsmiths Academy Art Ball, got paralytic, fell over in the live art studio, didn't arrive home for another two days. My father was going to throw me out, but my mother pleaded for me on the doorstep, what would happen to him, Harold, if he leaves? I wasn't particularly bothered if I did leave because I was paying no rent at home, and that's why I lived there. And so January the 1st, 1964... I'd uh, <coughs> gone to a meeting that my brother invited me to because I thought, well, if I go to this, they'll think I'm turning over a new leaf. And uh, the ban that was on me at the time, I'd get rid of, and the parties I was going to go to over Christmas would happen. And uh, so it did. But um, the man that spoke was uh, a very old man, and uh, I thought they were, they were foolish going to listen to him. Uh, but he did say... Young man, young woman, if you've never given a God an opportunity in your life, how do you know it doesn't work? And it's one of those little things that stick in your head. Mm. And uh, January the 1st, 1964, <coughs> I decided to turn over a new leaf, went to church. When I got in there, I was too early. The place filled up and I was blocked in. I was against the wall on the fifth seat. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I, I thought to myself, my, if I ever get out of this place, I'll never come again. But a man got up and spoke, and it was just as though he had uh, a book of my life and how I was embezzling my firm and uh, I was not being good to the women I was going out with, that, uh, uh, you know, I was treating my parents awfully and things like that. And, and suddenly I realized I was in the presence of a righteous God. And uh, I wanted the ground in front of me to open up and swallow me. And then he said at the end of this, he said, <coughs> God loves you and he will never fail you. 
if uh, you give your life to him. And uh, I began to weep. And I said, God, if you can love me like that, uh, you can have my life. And it was as though a ton weight fell off my back. And I walked out of that place a, a metre off the ground, or three feet, if you like. <laughs> and I've never come down since. I've just been engaged in loving Jesus and trying to serve him to the best of my ability all of my life. That must have sent pleasant shockwaves through your family. Oh, I, I think it took them a year to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, you were to be you were to go into the ministry. I know you've pastored uh, many churches, but uh, how, how soon after your conversion experience did you know that really you, your whole life really would be very much engaged in leading other people? <laughs> to know the God, of course, that you find in such a wonderful way. Well, in fact, the, 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 the real measure is, is I don't often feel that God speaks to me, but uh, I did, after 18 months, uh, feel the Lord say to me, um, I want you to serve me. And I said, well, I can't serve you, Lord. I'm, I'm such a novice. And uh, some amazing things happened then. And so I, I said to the Lord, um, okay, there's a guy that's coming to preach at our church, um, and he doesn't know me from Adam, and uh, if he comes to me and says personally, God wants you to serve him full-time, I'll, I'll believe that it's you that's speaking to me. And uh, the man came, and on the Sunday evening, he preached on full dedication, and uh, there were people in the meeting that should be serving God full-time, and my heart was racing, and... Uh, Someone put their hand up uh, to say yes, they wanted to respond to that. But I said, Lord, I want him to come and speak to me personally. And so after the meeting, I, I left and took two old people home, which I did in my car. And uh, I came back and parked just outside the church. And uh, he came out and he looked up and down looking for his car like some people do when they're just getting their bearings. And he saw me sitting in the car and he knocked on the window and uh, I wound it down, and uh, he said, young man, that was for you. And I said, what was for me? He said, God wants you to serve him full time. Gets mm -hmm. me emotional even now. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, and that, that was it. That was it. I was um, off and running. I thought I'd be in the ministry the next day, but I wasn't. But <laughs> that was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful, gracious move of the Spirit of God to help me. Uh, because I felt so useless. I felt I'd been such a, a wicked sinner that I was so privileged that God had actually saved me. But to call me to the ministry was beyond anything I had ever imagined. So did that entail you having to go to Bible college and apply for... Uh, for I mean, did you know what would... Because there's so many different denominations and so on these days, isn't there? Yeah. Um, well, well, what happened there, I felt God actually speak to me about going on to a scheme that was run by the Assemblies of God at that time, and you could give a year of your life um, and go and serve small churches, and while you were doing that, you would do a correspondence course. And so I went and did that for a year. Uh, you didn't get any pay or anything like that, and uh, at the end of, uh, of it... Um, uh, you, you know, you, you go back to your church or you could start training for the ministry. Um, I did two years. <laughs> I gave all my suits away because 
the missionaries in Congo came out with nothing, and I, I felt God tell me to get rid of it. I had 12 suits in my wardrobe, so when I left, I had um, two left, <laughs> and they lasted me the, the two years. I was so thinking of you and I went suit off the and, and did the correspondence course and um, had some wonderful experiences around the country. I went to Aberdeen, and I went to Dundee, and I went to Ayr and Ripon, and just helped in the, the work of God there in different places in the country. And uh, I went to Wigan and met a man called Ray Belford, who was the minister there, church of about 30, and uh, he was having a crusade. And I worked with him and got on quite well with him. And uh, after I finished my two years, he said, why don't you come back to Wigan and be my assistant pastor? And uh, so that's where I started my training in Wigan. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. And my very special guest is uh, Pastor Pete Cunningham, who is the founder of an organisation called Green Pastures. They have a, a, a wonderful vision, basically to see homelessness eradicated. That's a big vision. And uh, But how did that vision come, come to be? What was it that connected uh, you, Pete, to, to homeless people? Well, I, I went to Southport to look after a church where no minister is supposed to go and look after a church when I was in my... 50s, Southport's a seaside town, and the congregation consisted of um, eight spinsters, the youngest of which was 76, the rest were octogenarians, (laughs) and uh, always having a love for people, we found out that there was lots of people sleeping under the pier on the golf course, and uh, we befriended them, and they would come and stay at the church, and we would put them up in the library and things like that, until the local government came along and said, hey... Uh, we love what you're doing, but it's illegal. You can't just go and sleep people everywhere. <laughs> and uh, so we worked with a local authority. We helped to raise some money, but none of the money was spent on the people under the pier. And every morning at 7 o'clock, we used to rise and pray and uh, read the scriptures systematically, as I'd been taught to do. And on this particular morning, when uh, we discovered nothing had been uh, spent on the poor, that was sleeping under the pier, I was having a moan at the Almighty. I don't know if you ever moan at the Almighty. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm a bit of a rebellious person. I'm <laughs> at the Almighty. I think we all do, Pete, actually, if we're, if we're honest from time to time. We're always blaming God for everything, aren't we? <laughs> well, this morning we worked hard and nothing had happened. So it so happened, though, we were reading Luke chapter 10, and again, with the scriptures, I'm sometimes a bit thick and... Suddenly I have an epiphany or a revelation when we're reading. And we read the Good Samaritan. And a little bit of it that I'd read most probably 50 times or more than 50 times jumped out. And it was, uh, he put him on his own donkey, bound him with his own first aid kit, slept with him all night or stayed up all night with him, asked the innkeeper to look after him and said, here's two weeks' money to look after him. But right at the end he said this. He said, And if I owe you anything, I will pay you when I come again. And it suddenly hit us like a a thunderbolt. Uh, This man took total responsibility for someone he didn't know anything about. And we felt that we as a church had abrogated our responsibility for looking after these people and that we should be doing something about it. 
so we felt, well, Lord, what do you want us to do? So he said, well, what did he do? He put his hand in his own pocket. And so we felt the Lord say, well, put your hand in your own pocket and buy a property. Mm. And so I had a small pension of £6,000 tucked away. One of the ladies had some property, which she remortgaged. Uh, another one of our congregation said, I'll give you something every month, £100 a month, to help you to pay for it. And we said, Lord, it's a terrible idea because these people will wreck the property. <laughs> and instead of going up in value, it'll go down in value. But nevertheless, as those at the wedding of Cam Cana of Galilee, we said, okay, whatsoever he says, do it. So we, we went ahead and we bought this really wrecked old property. It looked like the Titanic on ground, <laughs> sinking into the sand, and we housed two people, and that's how we began. Mm. Well, were you in the early days, uh, did you think, what have we done? <laughs> oh, ab absolutely. We thought we, we'd gone crazy. I mean, the, 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 by the time the end of the first year came, we'd been very successful with the two people we put in, so we apologised to the Almighty and said, well, actually, your idea was quite good. <laughs> yeah, it's worked. <laughs> and we bought two others. But the, the next year, we had a real shock. Um, the Lord told us to double the size of what we were doing and buy a, a property with 18 flats in, and there were 11 of them empty. And uh, we shook hands. We hadn't got the money. We said we'd buy it in 12 months. We took a lease on it. And uh, on the day following, I got up to inspect the property, and it was all cordoned off, and two men had been murdered in it. And I went home, fell on my knees. I said, God... No one will live there now. What are you doing? And I felt God say, do you think I don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'll peel back the corner of my plans for your kingdom here. And he said, this place is the darkest place in the town. It was a heroin uh, den, really. And uh, he said, I'm going to bring it into the kingdom of light. And you'll see it. And it's turned out to be one of our best purchases that we've ever made. We've got people there that have terrible problems, but it's like a family there. God has blessed us enormously. Of course, you touched on something there, that oftentimes the, the most crazy ideas can seem just like that, crazy ideas. But actually, God has a wonderful way of, of using crazy ideas to do the most incredible things, hasn't he? <laughs> Which, it's the very fact, he says, my ways are not yours, and my thoughts are not yours. <laughs> and this is what I've discovered all the way through this journey with green pastures that we never know what the lord has got around the corner for us and uh, i think almost every day is a day of discovery even now for me now green pastures of course uh, is is now a thriving organization working in partnership with the with many many uh, churches and different other organizations up and down the country did you ever dream that from that small acorn that single property and housing those two people to buying the, the slightly larger one that would ever lead to to an organisation now which is which is respected throughout the United Kingdom. Um, Blair, I think I'd have run a mile if God had told us what we would be doing. It really has been uh, quite amazing. It has been staggering what God has done for us. No doubt about it. How did you come to call the, the charity Green Pastures? Why that name? <laughs> I told you about the lady who put the uh, twenty-five thousand pounds up. Yeah, did. Well, she when we, when we bought it, she came to me and said, "Can we call it Green Pastures?" I said, 
why do you want to call it green pastures? So she said, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I've always wanted to bring peace and tranquility to those that are marginalized. Now, when a lady says that to you, what can you do? What can so you do? became green pastures. <laughs> and then did you apply for charity registration and all, all of that necessary thing to set up a charity? No, no, no. We, we were such novices, we just went out and bought property. And they, they said to us when we bought it, well, you've got to put it in someone's name. So we put it in our names to start off with. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, the, uh, the uh, FSA came to us and said, we don't think you're doing things correctly because we had people start saying to us, we'd like to lend you money. We can't do the job, but you must need money for deposits on houses. So we, we looked at, at, at the figures for the last 30 years on interest rates, what you paid if you borrowed money, or what you paid if you put money in a bank for savings. And we came to a conclusion that 4 and 5% was a, a righteous rate to give because we wanted to, to live in the kingdom. So we needed to do things that were righteous. And uh, the, the uh, FSA said, uh, we think you, you can't do that. And they suggested we became a community benefit society. So we became a community benefit society, which has charity status with HMRC. And we report to the uh, FCA, as it is now, every year our accounts go off to them. So we are a charity, but we're not under charity commissioners. We're under... Uh, uh, as I say, HMRC. Mm. Well, it's just as well you did that because now you've got thirty-two million in in low stock. You've got seventy uh, Christian organisations partnership, and you've got one hundred and fifty churches partnering with you. No doubt, many many people, of course, now giving investing money, and of course, getting 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 uh, a, a return from that. But of course. It's not all just about growing that massive empire of, of property meeting a need. It's about change lives for you, Pete, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Uh, let, 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 let me bring you up to date. We're about £65 million now. That's double. And we've, double. Got, we, we've, got, we've got about £38 million that Christians have invested with us yeah. at 4 and 5%. So the interest rate is extremely good. Uh, let me tell you quickly a story about this. You know, when the, the market collapsed and everything went wrong in 2008, mm. um, some of our Christian advisors came to us and said, you know, you ought to be paying 3%. That's absolutely super. And we, we felt uncomfortable, so we prayed about it. And the Lord gave us a really, really odd scripture. He said, don't forget, when it was dark in Egypt, it was light in Goshen. And we said, what do you mean, Lord? Well, the world is Egypt. Goshen is where the people of God are. The people of God still prospered when Egypt made a mistake. And so we kept the rate at five, 4 and 5% because we, we could earn that money. We could pay that money. Why should Christians actually uh, be, be diddled out of money that we could give them? <laughs> Let's continue to pay the right rate. So that's what we've continued to do. Sorry, I, I just thought that, that that was so interesting that the Lord says, 
when it was dark in Egypt, it was light in Goshen. And, you know, sometimes when we're in difficulties and problems, we've got to have faith, haven't we, that God is with us and continue doing what's righteous. You know, at the beginning of the program, you said that God doesn't talk to you uh, very often. I mean, it seemed to me that God's never stopped talking to you and your <laughs> and your team. Well, this this is over twenty years, so I mean, I think <laughs> I think he sort of nibbles in my ear about twice a year. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to play some more music, and then of course we're going to come back because people will be thinking, how do I how do I partner with? with with Green Pastures, with yourselves, and there's lots of ways of which that can happen. We'll talk about that when we, we come back. I'm going to nip down to Keith Jones and say, have you written any books yet, by the way, Pete? No, people keep saying I ought to write one, but I, uh, I've i never got round to it. Oh, but yeah. uh, maybe, maybe in the future. Hope FM, faith-filled radio. Well, my very special guest today is uh, is Pastor P. We've heard a little bit of his amazing uh, story and his introduction with some of his church members into uh, into eradicating homelessness. And God has done wonderful, wonderful ways uh, of of multiplying that work all over the United Kingdom. I say the United Kingdom, Pete, but is it beyond the United Kingdom, or is it, or is is the ministry totally focused in the UK? We have a little bit in the U.S. So we bought a couple of houses in the U.S. Yeah. You've learned a lot of lessons. Obviously, you've learned a lot of lessons in those early days. I know that you've got quite a team of people now uh, in in pretty much every region of of the United Kingdom. But if I was an investor, if I wanted A, to, to help to eradicate homelessness, to join with you in that vision. And I had a wee bit of money uh, spare or to invest. How does it work? Well, basically, it's a loan stock. So you can put it in for one year or you can put it in for 50 years if you want. We have got one person who's put it in for 30 years. Uh, So it's part of their pension and it pays a reasonably good rate. So you just go online and there is an application form there. You fill in the application form. Anything from a thousand pounds to a million pounds, we're quite happy to uh, accept. And then you put on the term you want, so one year to 50 years. And then you put on how much interest you'd like to have. Some people sort of take a lesser interest because it's still good, and that helps us buy more property. And some people take the 5%. And that needs to be in for at least five years to get 5%, 4% up to four years. So that's, it's very simple, really, to do. And we always keep in reserve. So at the moment, we've got £1.5 million sitting in our reserve account. So if anybody has a desperate need, that was one of the things we were really concerned about when we signed up for this, because the FSA said if someone puts it in for five years, they can't take it out. And we were uncomfortable with that there. Because as Christians, we know that people have difficulties. So we asked them if we could put a codicil in to say that if someone got into difficulty, they had it, could have it back early. So they came back to us and said, yes, you can do that. And it's at the director's discretion. But if they defraud you, the directors have to pay the money in. I mean, so we thought, well, we're dealing with Christians, so we'll take a chance and we'll put it in. So we put it in. So that's happened on three occasions now it's been wonderful to see it work because people who were desperate for their money back we were able to pay them back early 
Now, obviously, that really interests at five percent of those. You say some people can take less than that, but even less, you're not going to get that uh, any bank or even building society, are you? Oh no, you're lucky if you get one and a quarter these days for three years. So uh, yeah, but the Lord gave us a financial model. That was the wonderful thing, and it just works. And it works and works, and we're happy with it, and our investors are happy with it. And it just blesses the kingdom of God in two ways, because they get uh, the rate of, uh, for Goshen, which is righteous, and uh, they invest in people's lives. So we had a 1,000 people come to Christ last year. So, I mean, that's, that's a big advantage, seeing people come to know Jesus. Now, of course, that's the most important thing, isn't it? Because although you've got millions, millions and millions of pounds, and I know you're just about to embark on your most ambitious project, yeah, tell us about that, because it's multi-million, isn't it? Yeah, well, churches have begun to ask us. They're saying, we've got an old church. Can we do something with it? And so we've already completed one embarking, where we actually were able to give them a £200,000 diary to put in the bank afterwards. But we built 99 units there, and uh, they have two of them to look after. A fabulous new church, and the church has grown from 30 to 70 in the last sort of 18 months, which is great. So now we're embarked up with three churches, or three units that we're working on, and that's the biggest project that any church has done for 50 years. It's £200 million, and it's going to build 20, uh, 240 units of property. Some of those will be for homeless people. So that's absolutely fabulous. So any churches in the Bournemouth area that are a bit dilapidated and you're thinking, what can we do? Well, talk to us because we might be able to build you a new church and houses and you can have a free new church and perhaps some money in the bank. Well, of course, I mean, one of the things that churches do tend to have is, is quite a lot of land and property and so on. And it's great, actually, that now, because of the model that you said that God gave you and because of the expertise that you have in the in the organization that uh, that you can do this. So I can see now maybe pastors, church leaders listening to this program right now and thinking, where do I start? How do I, how do I talk to Pete? What should they do? Well, they can go on our website and contact us on our website. But because we're talking to sort of Bournemouth and Paul, I thought it would be all right if I gave them my personal details and they can contact me and talk to me because they've heard me talking. And so my, my personal e- uh, email address is Vicky. So get your pen out, Vicky. That's V-I-C-K-I at greenpastures.net. Or my personal telephone number is 79 So give me a call, and if I can help you, that's what we're here. We're here to serve you because we're here as servants of Jesus. And Jesus said, we've got to serve one another. So let's be the body of Christ functioning together to change our nation. Now, of course, it's not just a question of good investment and brilliant return. It's about change lives. How many units of housing has all of this work that you've been doing over these years, how many units of housing has that produced for homeless people? I don't know, but I do know we're housing, uh, we think, over 3,000 people now. So that that's, we're most probably the largest independent Christian charity in the country housing people. But our vision is that in the next 10 years, we'll grow to housing 10,000 people. Now, you know as well as I do, there's about 
400,000 that need, need housing. But if the church works together, you know, I think in 10 years we could be housing 100,000 base. The church waking up and saying, yes, I'd like to get involved. Peter, it's been a great joy to talk to you today. But but the last word's got to... I mean, I know it's not just for you about the housing. You, you yourself had a, an amazing uh, conversion coming into a relationship with Jesus. I know that you're doing what you do with your team to see others come to him in in the same way. But So what final word would you bring to us? I I would say that if any church leaders or church members are listening... Jesus said we need to look after the poor. In fact, Paul in Galatians 2.10 said when he was with the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, one of the things they said was to look after the poor. And he said, I was eager to do it. So are you eager Christians to house homeless people? Well, if you are, contact us because we'll hold your hand. We'll help you every step of the way. You won't have any problems, we promise you, because it's not as difficult as it seems. So get in touch with us and let your church have a house to house two people. It's not difficult. That's what I'd say to them today, Blair. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.